Genre. This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Theme Park This, the only podcast that dares to ask the question, why is it that every princess has to lose a parent to complete their inner journey? Can't mom and dad make it to the end credits? My name is Kyle Crane, and I am joined by Brian Green. Hello there. And Scott Corelli. Hi. Hey guys, uh, I know that everybody's uh, enjoying their week so far, and we have a wonderful and fun topic that... um, Probably something people didn't see coming for this week, but uh, after we tossed it around, we thought we could have a lot of fun with it. We're going to be talking about princesses today. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's right. Princesses. Probably the most important factor of any of our vacations to a Disney park. The first thing (laughs) I think of when I walk into a Disney park is, what princess am I going to get my picture taken with today? Uh, Scott, is is, uh, whenever you, you make it into Disneyland, is the first thing you do run over to a jasmine uh meet and greet or is that uh maybe maybe number two on your list of things to do well i'm not a creepy dad so (laughs) (laughs) um it's not even on i don't i don't have a daughter and and i'm not a creepy dad so um no uh actually in general in general, I actually kind of have an issue with face characters. Mm-hmm. Not into it at all. I think that if you have a really good face character, you know, it, it's pretty impressive. But when you get a bad one, and there's a lot of bad ones, yeah, it totally takes you out of anything. And I just, I hate the face characters because I hate people walking up to them and like trying to get them to like break character or something. Yes. Like they do yeah. like these mm-hmm. weird, like, logic tests with them like oh isn't this fun it's like not for them stop it like leave them alone they're just trying to do their job (laughs) so i just i get i get like kind of um i don't know i get weird about uh face characters in general and especially disney princesses after hearing a lot of stories about creepy dads um but uh uh yeah so uh no is my answer your question, <laughs> Brian? What What about you? Are you like Scott? Do you get kind of kind of a, a creepy thing going on whenever you have to interact face to face with uh, with Alice? So I I I am not a fan of going to see characters. I I don't like waiting in line. I don't like, and I get that same that same feeling like oh this is really weird for me as the you know thirty two year old man to you know go talk to this 20 year old dressed as uh, yeah. a princess but i do i do as a whole i enjoy the the rides and mm-hmm. the the show experiences that involve the princesses i do enjoy those things i do have a one face character story that i really love and it's, it Ooh. came from this past summer i was at disneyland uh, so i'm a theater teacher i teach middle school theater uh, for those of you who don't know every year we do a spring musical in the spring musical uh, we did little mermaid i was walking into the park and we hadn't yet announced our spring musical for the year. And I was kind of like thinking, oh, I had it in the back of my mind. I needed to announce that at some point to my students. And it was still the middle, uh, still July. So we still had about a month until school let back in. And I was walking into the park and Jasmine, or not, <laughs> sorry, Ariel is at the very front of the park doing meet and greets, doing pictures. And I just had this idea. Wait, 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 wait. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. Did she have legs? I'm she did have confused. legs, yes. 
Okay, she had so legs. this was this was post legs Ariel. Correct. So she okay. uh, she was wearing a dress. She was like as yeah, human Ariel at this point. And, and she had her voice back. Correct. So okay. this idea popped into my head. I think I was waiting for you, Scott, to get into the, the get into the park or you know, mm-hmm. show up. I said to my wife, like, oh, let's go get in line. I'm going to record a video announcing the musical for the year. I started the video as when I was still had like one person ahead of me in line. And I was like, hey, everyone, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying your summer. And I have a special friend here at Disneyland that is going to help us announce our spring musical. And so I just kind of bombarded this uh, this actress who was playing Ariel with this like with this. <laughs> This, this news that she was going to be helping announce this and so i told her that i said to her oh ariel we're going to be doing the little mermaid for our spring musical and her eyes just light up her face just completely lights up because you know that her as a middle schooler or a high schooler would have killed to have played ariel on stage Aww. so she got so excited she told them to break fins which was just <laughs> chef's kiss adorable <laughs> like brilliant. it was a it was a really great really great moment and i could tell that the actress really enjoyed it and it was it was a nice moment and the kids liked it a lot well that's that's really precious that's really cute did they, and, and you know they're, they're so good at the um kind of the improv that they could come up with something to break for fins, sure you know just off the top of her head which they they train these guys uh, these ladies really well uh who do this job i had an interaction uh which is a pretty funny story so are you guys familiar with the restaurant in epcot akershos no Okay, so it's in the Norway Pavilion, and it's like Norwegian food. Um, and my brother Jamie and I, so I got married uh, in, in Disney World in 2013. And before that trip, my younger brother Jamie call, uh, sent me a Facebook message one day, and he said, hey, do you want to go to Disney World for a weekend, and we can shoot a video in the parks, kind of informing people that are going to be traveling to the destination kind of what to do and, and what will be going on. We can do it over 48 hours. And I was like, you really didn't have to put all that in there. You said, just, do you want to go to Disney World? And I'd say yes. So <laughs> we went and we kind of like shot this video that we put on Vimeo and sent to all the guests. And it's like, hey, here's how magic bands work. Yeah, here's a few fun things about this park and this park. And it ended up being like an hour long. It was a lot of fun. But we wanted to try some restaurants that we hadn't tried before. So Akershaus was one of them. And it's like, uh, you know, like Norwegian food. So I guess it'd be like fish and like capers and weird breads and stuff like that. And the food was pretty good. It's like in a buffet. But the thing that we didn't know booking it is that it's also a princess dinner uh, type thing. So we get in there and at the time I'm like uh, 33 and Jamie's like 28 and we're just two dudes going in there. And immediately like we realize that when we look around, it's just families, with little girls everywhere. Like we stick out like sore thumbs. So. We go over and, uh, you know, take a picture with Belle at first and sit down. And we realize pretty soon after that, that every princess is going to come up to the table and have a conversation with you. So (laughs) it's like me and him having to stand up and like have to in character talk to these women that thought that they were just going to be talking to little girls the whole time. And it could not have been more weird and awkward. And Scott, (laughs) I'm like you, like with the face characters, I always feel like this, uh, uh, you know, like need to perform back to them for no reason. I could just say, hey, thanks, Ariel. We're eating right now. Go away or whatever. (laughs) but for each one i have to just talk to them and uh i i I can't remember one of them like snow white asked if we do any digging in the ground or something like that and i started going into the details of my job and i'm like wait i'm not like trying to talk to this woman like if we're like at a bar or anything like that and i just like stop myself mid-sentence i go yeah yeah, the doors are cool or whatever and i could tell she was like okay we're not getting anything else out of this and just took a picture and walked off and the food was not good enough to put up with everything but we thought it was really funny because uh the waitress came over to us at one point and she said hey uh here's your bill early if you want to pay it and go ahead and get out of here i think she could tell we're uncomfortable she's like 
because we're about to do the princess parade and I don't want you guys to have to be involved with that if you don't want to. So we went ahead and paid and as we're walking out, the princess has got everybody up from the table and there was just a parade around the room and we just like kind of like bolted out in front of the parade to get out of there. So um, yeah, it's uh, it being, I don't have any kids, I'm like you guys, but being an uncle and going to the park with my niece, I instantly see the uh, the draw for the princesses that they, they it is a huge uh, money generator and interest generator uh, for these little girls and little boys that go into the park. It's like actually like meeting a live a living character from the movies, and you can kind of see when you have a kid there meeting Elena uh, or uh, Ariel or uh, any any of the other princesses. They really light up, and it's a real memory maker for them and their family seeing them. So. Um, they're a, a, a backbone of the park experience. And even though it's not for everybody that goes into the park, we can definitely tell that it's, uh, it's a, it's a very key component to the entire park, uh, uh machine, if you will. So what you, what, to- what you, what you described is, mm-hmm. uh, my nightmare. Um, that's, uh, that's, I, I, I think I would just be like, oh, I am trapped in this situation. Well, I guess I'm going to end it here. Sorry, kids. Um, Because I, I, there's no way, there's no way I would make it out of there alive. There's no way. Fortunately, every actress that came up was really in character and they were, they were good sports about the whole thing. Um, a year earlier, this is a real quick story. It was Valentine's Day. My wife and I were there with her family and we were looking for something to do in the park and, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if we can get in at King Stephen's table in Cinderella's castle. Maybe that'll be a fun romantic thing we can do. Again, not realizing it was a princess meal. So I should have seen this thing coming when I booked Akershals a year later. But we get up there and it's my wife and I and we're eating and everything. And all the princesses are, are, are pretty funny. And with the two of us, it's it's cute. Jasmine comes up and Jasmine is having no part of anything. She might as well have been smacking gum the whole time and like looking, you know, not at us and rolling her eyes the whole time. And I remember she was like, she walked up and she was like, hey, so did y'all fly here? And my wife was like, yeah, yeah, we, we, we took a plane. She goes, great. I flew on a magic carpet. Okay. And turned around and walked away from the table. <laughs> she, she said, y'all? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jasmine? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was definitely a Florida resident and had that, you know, Southern drawl and everything. So it was, um, maybe Big she yikes. wasn't having a good night. I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, personal nightmare relived twice. So <laughs> I want to write a short story about a, a, a disinterested Disney princess. <laughs> Just checked out. They, hey, everybody has that day at work, you know. It's like Bad so. Santa, but with with Disney princesses. <laughs> Bad princess. The movie. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so on today's show, for our topic, since we're going to be talking about princesses, uh, the three of us have come up with a princess and themed, uh, like our usual attraction, restaurant, and e-ticket ride around them. So we're going to be going into that today. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but actually going into this, I was a little bit skeptical. And if I could come up with anything good and coming out the other side, I was actually pretty proud of what I came up yeah. with. Yeah. So I, I also cool. would uh, say that this is going to be one of the topics that we probably return to from time to time yeah. um, and, mm-hmm. and change it up because there's lots of Disney princesses who are uh, underrepresented in the parks. Like they don't have a, mm. their oh, own land or anything like that. So um, mm-hmm. this sort of thing will be, well, it'll be one of those uh, like kind of series of episodes where we just keep returning to the same topic and doing different lands. So I, 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 w- I would love to. I had a lot of fun with this. I one, want more so. awkward stories of Kyle and princess parades. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> They're probably out there if I could think about them long enough. So, um, well, without further ado, uh, Scott, you feel like going up first and, and telling us about your, your 
restaurant? Uh, sure. So, well, I guess I got to talk about my land first. Um, oh, yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, so I was thinking about this and I was sort of like looking through my options as far as uh, princesses and uh, who doesn't have a dark ride and, you know, who, who doesn't have a land of any kind uh, represented. So I was just sort of like looking through my options and I was just thinking, you know, a lot of these are, are kind of samey. I could do something like Jasmine or, uh, or uh, I don't know, like a Moana. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, you know, like those would be good. But I also feel like a Moana one is like going to happen. I mean, that's probably mm-hmm. um, just oh, yeah. around... Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, I was I would say the river just around the riverbed. That's, that's Pocahontas. <laughs> um, and and the less said about her as a Disney princess is probably the better. Um, just because of uh, of uh, race things. Uh, Still better. holding strong in the East Coast phantasmic, though. Hey, that's true. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I was just thinking about um, all these princesses and how they're all kind of similar. How I wanted to do something different because. I don't know. I just think about these little girls who meet these princesses and I I I love that they exist for them. Um you know, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to meet them, but uh if I have a daughter that wants to meet a princess, then you know, I think that that's I think that's really cool, but I don't think that there's a lot out there for a certain type certain personality type of a little girl and so i wanted to make a park for them and that's why i chose as my princess uh president vanellope von sweets oh my god yes yes. (laughs) um so uh so yeah so this that's so my land is going to be the sugar rush kingdom so like the the kingdom is going to be you know set up a lot like uh, sugar rush lots of uh you know giant candy and uh the uh roads i want the, the the pavement to look like it's made out of licorice and you know lots of shops and things like that uh i'm picturing a like like a you know the equivalent of a dress shop except inside it is just like lots of variations of uh tights and helmets and things like that so that you can sort of like create your own uh sugar rush driver would be like the big like costume uh bibbity boppity boop version of this <laughs> um ah. And uh, yeah, so you know, you would get to go in and 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 design your own character and and um, create a costume that that the little girl could like wear around, um, and not just little girls, guys too, because uh, there are male characters in the Sugar Rush game. So there's that. And as far as my restaurant goes, I was really thinking about this, and I was like, I mean, I could make a restaurant, I guess, but I think what really what sugar rush um you know i i don't feel a responsibility to have a real restaurant in sugar rush land mm-hmm. because i assume it's not the only land in the park that this would be in so uh, i went with uh, an ice cream and candy shop which seems pretty obvious but the difference here is that any candy sold in the shop can go in the ice cream so oh, so okay. it's like uh it's almost like a, a cold stone um, type of situation, but you can just yeah. pick whatever you want in the shop and they will put it into the ice cream for you, um, whatever flavor that you want. And you can make lots of sundaes, um, including, uh, I don't, I don't know if this is even possible, but I, I had to have it in here. Um, a, a sugar free sundae that is made, that is, uh, made to look like the, uh, Diet Coke and Mentos Mountain. <laughs> for the for the elderly folks, you know, 
Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's that's the start of my land. So that's sort of the the world and uh, my restaurant, um, which is just a uh, basically just an an ice cream shop, but you know, nice like with uh, table service. Yeah, like a real styly parlor, stylish parlor. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I, ha- I have a question for you about yeah. this land. I, I love the idea. Is it Sugar Rush Kingdom existing on its own as Sugar Rush Kingdom, or is it kind of like the video game? Uh, it's I guess what I'm trying to ask is, you know how they have like Midway Mania, yeah. but it's also Toy Story Midway Mania. It's like the Toy Story universe, but then the ride is supposed to be the game that they came up with. Is this like, does the Sugar Rush Kingdom kind of exist on its own, or is it... Is it the? How am I trying to I say? I mean, you're this? you're living in the game. That that would be the idea. Okay, yeah, right. gotcha. Yeah. Well, I love that, and I love a good ice cream parlor. Brian, uh, tell us about your land and and your restaurant. I'm not gonna lie, I was pushing for this because I wanted to pitch my idea for this ride before it happens, uh, because Japan is going to be getting a, a land for this princess. I believe this movie is kind of underrated. I think a lot of people really don't talk about it very much i think frozen and moana kind of take over the conversation but tangled is i think really really great and mm-hmm. a lot of people i think skipped it because it was the first computer animated princess movie and i think a lot of people were resistant to that at first and i love it i think the animation style is beautiful i think the story is incredible and i think it has the most beautiful piece of animation that Disney has ever done, hand-drawn or CG. But I'll get to that later. My Tangled Restaurant is the Snuggly Duckling Tavern, of course, because it's the, the restaurant tavern that they go to uh, early in the movie with, uh, with Flynn, where they sing the I've Got a Dream song. Uh, so every dish in this restaurant is going to be served in a cast iron skillet in honor of uh, Rapunzel's weapon of choice. Here we're going to have uh, hazelnut soup with parsnips. We have angel hair pasta, braided pretzel bites with beer cheese, uh, schnitzel with shoestring fries. So lots of uh, hair-like things. Uh, uh, and- there's nothing I love more than eating hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to have uh, Attila's Sublime Cupcakes, a uh, reference to in the song. They're talking about all the things that these scary men do that are not so scary. And Attila has... Uh, cupcakes so we have german chocolate and black forest with cherries very cool nice so that's the uh, snuggly duckling tavern that's awesome i love the idea of the frying pans as plates that's that's really cute what about you kyle what do you what do you Uh, bring into the table so what i am bringing to the table very well done there uh is going to be a land based around a movie now i have to agree with you brian i I absolutely love tangled i think it's one of their fantastic movies another movie i think is overlooked and sorely misrepresented in the parks is uh the princess and the frog which uh now this would seem like a very easy fit in new orleans square in disneyland but there's only one problem there's not enough space over there for anything else. They've got two e-tickets right next door to each other and uh, the wonderful theming of everything. I really don't think there's enough room to put anything. So I went with maybe putting this in Animal Kingdom, of all places. Hmm. The reason for that is that it would be based around the idea of estuaries, uh, which would be like wetlands, uh, which are the kind of disappearing, one of the disappearing uh, places in the United States. You can find estuarians are like catfish, shrimp, alligators, pelicans, bald eagles, frogs, raccoons, things like that. And I think there's kind of an importance on uh, with coastal erosion kind of talking about this, this wetland area. And of course it's kind of where princess and the frog takes place in the bayou. So, um, 
it obviously uh, food is a huge part of New Orleans culture and it's a huge part of the movie itself. So it's kind of easy fit here uh, that it would be Tiana's Palace, which, of course, is the restaurant that Tiana is saving up money to make in the movie. Uh, and of course, it had like Cajun and Southern food in a New Orleans inspired restaurant. So it featured things like jambalaya, gumbo, fried catfish, fried chicken, blackened alligator, crawfish, shrimp etouffee, po' boys, muffaladas, hush puppies, praline bread pudding, king cake, bananas, foster, and beignets, just to name a few things on the menu. So oh, man. Um, right now, there is the, I forget the name of the area, uh, the little restaurant that's in New Orleans Square uh, that has like beignets and uh, I think mint juleps and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, and then the blue Bayou is pretty good too, but I think that it would be really cool to have a bigger style restaurant for like Cajun food. So, um, I'm thinking that, uh, in part of animal kingdom, that that would be my restaurant of choice. And, uh, yeah, princess and the frog sorely miss, uh, un- underrepresented in the parks right now. Mm-hmm. So. You just made me really hungry. <laughs> yeah. You just have like the two walk around characters in new Orleans square. I think that's yeah, pretty yeah. much it. Pretty much it. And uh, I think Facilier shows up in Walt Disney World for their Halloween stuff Mm. as just kind of a face character. But beyond that, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, the movie didn't exactly set the world on fire, but like I just watched it again the other day and I think it's some of the strongest music that they've had in the last like 20 years. So, wow. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's my restaurant. Scott. Tell us about your attraction. Uh, yeah, so uh, for my attraction, um, this is sort of building off of the dress shop that I talked about, um, which I don't, I don't know what you would call it. I guess you would just ra- racer uniform shop. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but uh, this is a ride called Sugar Rush Blast, and uh, it is a a shooting dark ride um, like your Toy Story Mania. Uh, it is also a motion simulator, so it does both simultaneously. Um, and you do get to use your uh, your own character. So you create a character, and then that is the character that you play in the uh, in the game. And the point of the game is basically you are um, sort of doing a, a, a Sugar Rush deal, but the, the idea is, like, could you be the next president of Sugar Rush? Because this takes place after Vanellope has left Sugar Rush and, and gone on to uh, a slaughter race <laughs> um, <laughs> where, where she exists now. So there is no president of Sugar Rush, so there needs to be uh, a new president. And the point of this game is to see if you can uh, become the next president of uh, Sugar Rush. And so you're just sort of uh, going through. I mean, it's like a fun game that you can take kids on and um, they get to design a character and you go through uh, the, the the ride and, uh, you know, shoot candies and things like that. It's almost like a, um, uh, I don't know, like a like a giant uh, candy. Uh, what is it? Candy Crush? Is that what that game is called? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sort of like that is what I'm, I'm picturing, but, uh, but a shooting game. Um, and, uh, there are some like race, uh, you know, iconography, but I wouldn't really call it a racing game because obviously I'm going to save something like that for an e-ticket. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's like, uh, it's a sugar rush blast and it's a, um, a shooting dark ride motion simulator where you get to create your own character. Okay, cool. Is this, is this character something you would see people carrying forward to future visits? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think so. I mean, I think in, in a post Nintendo Land world, mm-hmm. um, you know, theoretically, you would be able to like save your progress on something. Um, yeah, because it would be cool to like, 
you know, every once in a while they're like, okay, like the current president of uh, of of Sugar Rush Kingdom is, and then it's like, you know, the character that you created or or whichever it is, and maybe they do it right. like every month or something. Um, okay. And they announce a, a a new one, and it would be it would be good because it would be um, a good use of uh, uh, people coming back. That being said, yeah. it would probably be a better suited at like a Disneyland or California Adventure, only because yeah, if if you're going to come back a lot to play this game, um, you're probably going to want it to be like a local park rather than uh, Walt Disney World, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would second place be vice president and third place be like local alderman or something like that? <laughs> yeah, tre- treasurer. <laughs> okay. uh, treasurer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Brian, tell us about your attraction. It's called Rapunzel's Tower Crafts, and this is a premium experience because it's something that you're going to have to pay for. Uh, <clears throat> groups mm. of children uh, are going to be coached by Rapunzel in arts and crafts activities, inspired by mm-hmm. uh, the lyrics to "When Will My Life Begin." She gets up to a lot of different things. Uh, she paints, she draws, she reads books, she does pottery. And so I would have this be a an intimate character meet and greet experience uh, where she teaches children how to do pottery, how to paint. This would take place in her tower, so you would see, so you would actually be in her room. Her hair would be draped all over the place, like out of the way. This poor actress would probably have to be walking around essentially tethered, but she would have enough hair to walk around the whole room. But she'd have to be very careful. Yeah, so OSHA doesn't have to get involved, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, we would have uh, painting. We would have pottery, uh, paper mache, and candle making. Oh. And so All it would right. be a nice yeah. nice experience for the kids. Uh, they would get a really intimate uh, experience with the princess. And they would have something to take home. Nice. Yeah. So does she have a animatronic Pascal on her shoulder the whole time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was the first. The, <laughs> I remember when they... When they showed that animatronic Pascal that hand, that could be handheld, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be for the walk around, right?" And I think Scott had said, "No, no, it's for the ride." And I'm like, "But why are they showing it in her hands?" And I'm <laughs> like, "This is the entire point of this is I want her to have this, just like let it ride around on her shoulder, or uh, or you know, go oh, here, pet him." And I, yeah, it's very exciting. Well, it's very cute. I know that. Um for the KidCot stuff at Epcot is a big draw where kids will go from land to land and kind of decorate a mask or something like that. So having that kind of arts and crafts thing to take home is definitely something that the kids will treasure for a long time. You know, I made this with Rapunzel guys. This is my paper mache or my candle. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really, a really cool uh, attraction you came up with there. Yeah. We're basically just going through, we're, we're basically doing this episode just so that uh, Brian can beat the announcements of uh, what's in the Tangled Land. That's absolutely my, my motive there. <laughs> <laughs> what about you kyle so for mine um one of the things i love about princess and the frog is the character of dr facilier uh, i think he's a really mm-hmm. flawed and kind of like weak at sometimes character but he's always interesting and he's voiced by keith david who is just a fantastic voice actor uh so i wanted to involve him somehow so um i made this dr facilier's voodoo room uh, so it's not based around the princess herself, but kind of the idea of what's leading up to interactions with Tiana. Uh, so this attraction would be a sit-down magic show where guests would enter a voodoo, uh, like, fortune teller type room and sit down at tables. So let's say you've got, like, 20 tables in the room sitting about five people apiece or so for the parties. Uh, Dr. Facilier would come out on stage, and then he'd do a card reading with everybody. So this attraction would use 
projection mapping on projectors based in the ceiling that would project onto the tables in front of all the guests. So the everything's kind of happening on stage with Facilier and then on the table that you're looking at. So it would project cards and things like that, and he'd do card tricks. But then also using the RFID technology in guests' magic bands, he would do things like guess your astrological sign. Or, you know, what month you were born in or something like that. Uh, so kind of like kind of playing with the, the crowd themselves. Uh, the whole thing would kind of be musical based. And then at the end, it would culminate in a rendition of Friends on the Other Side, in which it would turn into kind of a twisted version of the Tiki Room. So on the walls, you have mm. things like different uh, voodoo or Haitian artifacts. You've got voodoo masks, voodoo dolls and different paintings of Loa and things like that that would come to life at the end and talk to Dr. Facilier and kind of do a whole like sing-along for friends on the other side. So I thought that might be kind of a cool way to mix in some uh, kind of New Orleans culture into the whole thing and uh, get Dr. Facilier involved somehow outside of just the ride, the e-ticket experience itself. So that's uh, that's really cool. Thank you. That's really cool. Yeah. I have, yeah. A, I have an idea that that reminds me of, and we'll have to save this for our night, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas episode. But Ooh, I, have, okay. I, I have something mm-hmm. I really want to do with, um, oh, what's his name? The, the big ugly guy. Uh, the Oogie Boogie? Mr. Oogie Boogie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that reminds me a lot of that. So I'm, I like that. Oh, cool. Thanks, guys. So, Scott, let's get to it. Tell us about your e ticket. Yeah, so my e-ticket is called Vanellope's Glitchy Adventure. <laughs> so so Vanellope is gone, right? And so there there is not a president of uh, Sugar Rush Kingdom. King Candy Turbo uh, has, spoilers, uh, has, <laughs> has, has uh, uh, returned to try and uh, take uh, Sugar Rush Kingdom again. Ooh. But in order to become King Candy again, he has to win a race. And so you are in line to join in like the latest race and they're like opening their doors to the to guests to, you know, take a race around Sugar Rush Kingdom. And uh, what happens is that when King Candy uh, Turbo shows up, he sets up a scenario where this is going to be a winner takes all sort of race where if he wins... Um, he is going to become King Candy again and take over as uh, president of uh, Sugar Rush. But Vanellope is there to stop him. However, part of the deal is that he has to race against the guests, not Vanellope. And so what Vanellope does is when you get into your car, she takes control of your cart for you. Hmm. And so you're not driving the car. She's driving it for you. And because she's driving uh, your car, her powers of glitching uh, also have like affected your car. Um, and so what, what is happening here is that this is a multi-launch coaster that starts in Sugar Rush. And then every time she glitches, you sort of go through a tunnel that feels like you're glitching and then you come out the other side of the tunnel in a different game so you start in sugar rush and then you glitch into fix it felix and then you glitch into hero's duty and then you glitch into the game central station and then the internet and then ending up in slaughter race which is a race that turbo could never win (laughs) Um, and so, and so that's, that's the idea is that you're sort of glitching through all of the different, uh, uh, video games in, uh, Wreck-It Ralph and being assisted by the characters from those games as you're trying to beat, uh, Turbo, uh, to make sure that, uh, he doesn't become president of Sugar Rush again. 
Okay, so as we do this podcast, every now and then somebody talks about a ride that I'm like, that is so brilliant, that absolutely has to happen. And the idea of multi-launching <laughs> through different video games from uh, from Wreck-It Ralph is is such a brilliant idea, Scott. My hat's off to you for that one. So Thank you. And, and also, uh, it, you really, you, you didn't go with the obvious thing, which would have just been like a um, Sugar Rush, like a uh, racing type game. But mm-hmm. a multi-launch coaster. I mean, it is yeah. a race. It is a race. Yeah. But I wanted to incorporate the rest of Wreck-It Ralph mm-hmm. into uh, into the the e-ticket. Um, so I wanted, but I wanted it to be like a secret. I want you to think that you're just, you know, you're just there for like a, a sugar rush right. racing game. Um, but that's you know that's what the shooting ride is for. Earlier, that is really cool. That is an awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. All right, so uh, my ticket ride is called Rapunzel's Tangled Tale. Now I know there's a you know these book report rides get kind of a bad rap sometimes, but yes, this one is a book report ride. It is going to be a retelling of Tangled on a dark ride, uh, but this is going to be a this is going to be a boat ride. It's going to be a dark ride on the scale of Pirates of the Caribbean. So. It's, Big, massive show scenes, uh, huge, huge show building. It's going to be using the same ride system as the Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai. Uh, so, all, uh, so, but here's the trick, though. There are going to be four boats dispatched at a time, and four boats will be in each showroom simultaneously. Whoa. Okay. Uh, there will be two, uh, two parallel tracks uh, that will be mostly parallel the majority of the time, but then there will be times where they're going to split up, and I'll talk about those when we get to them. Uh, the road ride will be mostly animatronic, but there are going to be some uh, projections throughout. The great thing about this is it's a major people eater. You know, if you're dispatching four Pirates of the Caribbean boats at the time, that's that's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So the first scene is going to show uh, Flynn or Eugene sh- uh, setting up the story of the magic flower, Mother Gothel. Uh, there are going to be projections behind him of pa- hand-painted images of these moments. Uh, I imagine that these, these paintings will be in-universe. They were painted by Rapunzel, and they're telling... It's Rapunzel telling her story, but Eugene is our narrator throughout the film, and he's going to be our narrator for the ride. He's going to end his narration by saying that the King and Queen's uh, talking about the King and Queen's Lantern Festival every year on Rapunzel's birthday. In the second uh, second room, we're going to go into is the when will my life begin? We'll be in her tower. There are, there are going to be multiple Rapunzel animatronics all doing different activities throughout her room, uh, doing her baking, doing her painting, and all that. She's going to be broken out of her tower uh, with Flynn. Which will take us into the tavern for the I've Got a Dream scene. We'll have lots of uh, animatronic ruffians all around singing about the things that they get to do. <laughs> uh, my fourth scene, they're going to be in the town square and uh, with the festival. Rapunzel is dancing with children. Rapunzel is actually going to be in the center with the uh, with the children dancing around her, braiding her hair, sort of like those like maypoles. As what I'm, is what I'm imagining here. So she's yeah. in the center and the kids are dancing around her, braiding her hair. And the boats are going to be going on either side of her while she, while this this platform is in the center. Uh, as you're leaving this room, though, the sun via projections is going to be setting. You're going to go into a tunnel. It's going to be a dark tunnel, and you're going to see a in the in the in the distance via projections. You are going to see the castle, and there's going to be one lantern that the king and queen send off every year for Rapunzel's birthday. And after that one flies off. We're going to see hundreds more projected through the tunnel going off from the kingdom. And as you exit the tunnel, hundreds of lanterns, physical lanterns hanging from the ceiling are going to light up. If you look off to your right and your left, you're going to see two-way mirrors. And they're going to be looking into another small room that will have a few more lanterns in them. 
what that two-way mirror is going to do is it's going to once you look into it it actually bounces the the reflection off and so you can see limitless Hmm. a limitless number uh this is inspired by uh this art exhibit i went to in tokyo uh it's called team lab borderless and you there's a room that you had to line up to get into you would line up and in line you are looking at a two-way mirror and you are seeing a room that has you know probably about a hundred of these lanterns just like this but there are mirrors on the floor the ceiling and on all sides when you enter you can't see through that two-way mirror so everything just looks completely limitless and you were seeing lanterns Ooh. as far as the eye can see. And wow. immediately when I stepped into this room, I thought, okay, I need, I need this for a tangled ride. <laughs> and I, just, <laughs> I, I want to be in the space where I can just see lanterns as far as the eye can see. At this point, you're going to see animatronics of Rapunzel and uh, Eugene in a boat uh, singing, I see the light. And... As the song is ending, they will send their one lantern off, and it'll float off into the into the sea of other lanterns. Mm. In the the final scene, um, Mother Gothel is going to confront Rapunzel, tell her Flynn doesn't love her. Flynn is going to try to intervene, but Gothel, of course, stabs him. And Rapunzel is trying to save uh, trying to save his life, uh, but before she's able to heal him with her magic hair, Flynn Eugene cuts her hair. And so what I want here is this is going to be this is going to be done with animatronics. Uh, he is going to cut her hair. We're going to see the uh, see the hair separates, and her hair is going to be fiber uh, fiber optic. So we're going to see the light, the gold light of her hair, turn to brown mm-hmm. as uh, as it disconnects, and we'll see. And the same thing with what's still on her on her head as well, because that's when that's when she loses her power. Uh, we'll go around the corner. We'll see. Another set of animatronics. Oh, I'm sorry. We're also going to see Mother Gothel die. Uh, I believe we're going to use Ooh. what we're going to do for her is we'll do projections, sort of the uh, what's the Seven Dwarfs Mind Train, where they have the projections on the face, uh, and so we'll see her face turn old, her hair will turn gray, and Mother mm. Gothel dies because she doesn't have the magic hair anymore. And then we turn around the corner, we see Rapunzel's tears heal. Eugene, and then her be reunited with her family and take her place as princess. Mm. Well, I, I, I think your idea of the uh, lanterns going through would be the kind of thing that would stick with people long after they do a visit to a park, too. You know, yeah. That yeah. seems like a real kind of like showpiece for the entire ride. For sure. Yeah, it, it'd be the thing that where, you know, everyone would be like, oh, that lantern scene. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> like everybody it, would be talking about that. It would be the, you know, coming off of Pirates of the Caribbean, seeing the uh, pirate ship shooting at the fortress, you know, that kind right. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's uh, that's really visually. Uh, I think you really painted a picture for us there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lantern. The lantern room is the ATAT room of your. Ride. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what's your e-ticket? I am going to kind of uh, take a page out of Brian's uh, book report idea there, and uh, mine is going to also be kind of a retelling of the story of Princess and the Frog, but it's going to be done through, it's kind of a musical journey, if you will. Uh, It's called Mama Odie's Musical Piro, Uh, and a Piro, if you uh, don't know or you're unaware, is a kind of a Cajun fishing boat. It's like a little canoe type thing that uh, Cajuns who live on rivers and in bayous would take out and go fishing or hunting with. So, of course, uh, it's usually big enough for maybe two people, but 
but that wouldn't work in a Disney style <laughs> attraction. So it'd have to be a little bit bigger than that. I'm thinking maybe something along the lines of the boats uh, in Maelstrom, uh, which is now the Frozen Ride. So something like that. Uh, so basically, this modified Cajun fishing boat is going to be going through the story of Princess and the Frog as told by Madame Odie, what she would do is invoke the Loa, which are the uh, voodoo kind of like deities, not really gods, but you know what I'm saying. Um, They would come through and uh, tell this story through music. So the first, let's see, it would be like, so early on in the ride, it would be Prince Naveen, who in the movie has a ukulele and he's going through kind of like playing in the streets of New Orleans. So he's going to show up as a frog with a ukulele (laughs) and he's going to tell the story of Tiana wanting to open a restaurant. And we're going to see projections of kind of that animated sequence. It's so beautiful in the movie of Tiana opening Tiana's palace and, you know, her big dreams about wanting to serve everybody food and uh, you know, um, what she's going to have on the menu and everything. And just kind of this big idea dream sequence told through kind of an animation to start it all off. Uh, so as that goes along, he starts to tell the story of being duped by Dr. Facilier and turned into a frog. And at that point it would be picked up by Lewis, the alligator, who is the trumpet playing alligator from the movie. Uh, and he would tell the story of how Naveen and Tiana met at a party, how she was turned into a frog, and how they went into the bayou and met him as well. Um, so, of course, this is kind of where it, it uh, kind of departs from the movie a little bit. Uh, the character of Ray, who's a firefly, tells his story in the movie through, or he uses Zydeco music, which is a Cajun music from the bayou itself. But in the ride, I'm kind of saving the Zydeco for later, so I'm having to do like kind of a Cajun-style blues. Uh, so he's telling the story of how Naveen and uh, Tiana kind of had a falling apart and kind of got over their problems to come back together. Then the movie is going to take into the actual streets of New Orleans, excuse me, the ride is going to take to the streets of New Orleans itself. And we're going to have the big chase sequence uh, in a Mardi Gras scene. So uh, the guests would be in their P-Row going alongside a big Mardi Gras float or a chain of floats where Dr. Facilier in animatronic form is trying to get Tiana and Naveen who would pop up as frogs and jump from float to float. So we'd see a combination of maybe projection and then some animatronics as well. The whole thing would end at this big crescendo where Ray, Lewis, and Naveen get together and sing a Zydeco song as we pass by a steamboat where Tiana is there waving at everybody goodbye, kind of like the end of Splash Mountain, if you will, on that big steamboat. So uh, the idea here is that um, it's the ride system itself is just kind of a basic Pirates of the Caribbean or a water-type attraction on a boat. But I wanted to lead with something that was a, a strong memory from the movie, and I think that is the music itself. So being able to combine the Zydeco, the ukulele, the jazz, and the blues music, I think would kind of give an idea of New Orleans culture and kind of make the ride stand out itself so that's it my e-ticket is just kind of a book report in the fashion of snow white scary adventures or the pinocchio ride or something like that so yeah yeah nice i i think it would be really useful though uh especially in the case of uh, princess and the frog because uh it's a movie that most people i would say probably haven't seen yeah so um to be able to ride one of those book report rides and and you know presumably see uh experience that story for the first time on the ride um, yeah. is uh, worthwhile so here's the genius part about this is the gift shop that you have to exit through actually has signups for disney plus so if you hadn't <laughs> seen princess and the frog and you're one of the people who doesn't have a disney plus account you could just sign up there and watch it whenever you get back home to your house so amazing yeah. perfect yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, well, that's, uh, I think, it for our parks. Uh, do yeah. We, it, do we have any other thoughts on, on anything? Princesses? I mean, we know we said this would probably be an idea that we come back to in the future, like you were saying, Scott, uh, because there are endless other princesses. You know, I'm surprised nobody talked about Mulan or Moana. It's uh, We could really make this a... Uh, a several hour episode if we wanted to do it <laughs> for everybody but uh yeah we will, i've got a lot uh, to say about to disney Dis- princesses i love <laughs> me some disney princess movies uh, let me tell you as a 40 year old man i have some very strong opinions on disney princesses okay i'm gonna tell you right now which ones are overrated okay and overrepresented in parks no i'm just kidding but <laughs> you joke but yeah <laughs> well i realized that after i saw frozen and I, I realized at one point i was posting too much on facebook about how much i didn't like it i'm like hey kyle just a step back and maybe it's not a movie that's made for you okay <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And, uh, of course, you can follow us on social media at Theme Park This uh, and uh, join our Facebook group um, as well because uh, that's uh, we want to get some discussions going. And you can let us know, um, you know, if you had any additional ideas for our uh, princess lands. Um, so, uh, do that and, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another one of these. Uh, and also if you haven't uh, joined the dueling genre Patreon, that's duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, we are going to start releasing, we've already released a, a fast pass episode, um, when we were talking about the Avengers campus, uh, details that came out. And, uh, we're also going to start doing our retheme this podcast, probably starting with, twilight zone tower of terror at uh, uh disney uh, hollywood studios so um you know be on the lookout for that if you uh, haven't become a patreon supporter we appreciate everyone who has or is going to in the future bye everybody bye, bye.